What's up, guys? It is your girl, Ricky Lee here, and I'm so excited because we're back for a topic that I've been wanting to discuss for a little while now. I think this is something that is going to touch a lot of people, and it's something that I've been trying to put into practice for almost a year now, and it takes time, it takes a lot of effort, but today we're going to be talking about moving with grace and grit. This is something that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, like what is grit, um, and there's a book out there that I actually read last summer. It's called Grit, the Power of Passion and Perseverance. This is like a must that girl read. It's by Angela Duckworth, and she just literally dissects what it means to have grit, what it means to practice grit, and how to expand your grittiness. But in a specific moment in the book, she kind of looks at the intellectual works of both Francis Galton and Charles Darwin. And so pretty much they were cousins, I guess, and they debated the topic on the origins of high achievement. And for someone like myself, who has greatly tied my value, my worth, and so much more to the the standard academic, academic system, you know, having honor roll, straight A's, having a 4.0, things of that sort, as well as getting really high SAT scores. Um, and then seeing once I got my test scores back that they were not so high, I'm like, excuse me, I am definitely a high achiever. But why doesn't that reflect my high achievement? And so in their works, they were able to find some really interesting things. And Angela Duckworth actually did her own case study. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But specifically in 1869, Galton concluded that the high achieving demonstrates three things. Their unusual ability combined with exceptional zeal and the capacity for hard labor. So those three things combined make high achievers. And then you have... Charles, who concluded that zeal and hard work are more ultimately important than intellectual ability. So I say all of this to say that it doesn't necessarily matter how much you, how much you know, who you know, or any of that. It's about the amount of zeal, the amount of enthusiasm that you have for what it is that you're doing. When you take things seriously, people take it seriously too. And so what I've had to find is that when I have a certain posture, when I walk into a room, when I have a certain level of seriousness, passion behind what it is that I'm doing, I unknowingly convince others of my passions. I unknowingly convince them that this is something serious for me. You know, people may never remember what you wore, how you smelled, or even what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I keep bringing up this consistent theme throughout all of these podcast episodes that when you do your thing, you give other people the permission to do theirs as well. And so by taking that leap of faith and understanding and knowing that you might not even have the natural talent, you might not even have the gift, but you're still going to practice at it, that speaks volumes. And that's exactly what Angela talks about throughout the book is that it's more or less about the natural talent and it's more so about you putting in the work, putting in the practice and doing more and more every single day. Because a difference between those who are talented like myself, I mean, look look at me, for example, guys. I have so many different talents, but I don't practice. I've been out of practice for so long. I just recently sang in front of people for the first time since like my freshman year. 
And I did it at an open mic night. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know you knew how to sing. And just imagine how great I could have been now had I sat with my talent and actually cultivated it and practiced. Because I think a lot of us can get a little arrogant about what it is that we're capable to do. And you know the saying like a jack of all trades or a jill of all trades, but a master of none. And that is so true. It's so serious. It's like when you know you can do so many things, it's easy for you to just be like, okay, I can do many things. Um, So there's no need for me to practice. And what I found is some of my peers have even surpassed me and skill sets and so much more. I started using Final Cut Pro when I was about 13. I had to do a project for National History Day. I did it on Vogue and how fashion was greatly impacted by World War II. And it was a very interesting project. And from that project, I was able to really understand how to use Final Cut Pro. And so for years, I was using Final Cut Pro. Then I went to iMovie. Then I went back and forth. And now I just use iMovie. But I've met people who are way far more skilled than myself. And I've been using it far more time because I don't put in the practice on a regular consistent basis and that's what separates the greats from those who can just play from those who are just players Um, when you think about a Kobe someone who went into the gym consistently consistently and he's a person who is a great example of moving with grit because gritty people do things when no one else is watching They go and they practice. They go and they hone in on the very most minute details so that when they show up day of, it's kind of like second nature. It's muscle memory to, you know, shoot a three-point. And I know a lot of people might be laughing because I probably didn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) I'm by no means a sporty person, but you get what I'm saying, like, People that are exceptionally amazing, when you think of the greats like Beyonce, she practices, she works her butt off. And the the work and the caliber of excellence is a testament to her work ethic, her grittiness, her ability to produce when there is no immediate return. Her ability to sow seeds that may not sprout for years, but still in God's timing it all will make sense. She put in years and years and years of work building an exceptional catalog and was able to have one of the most amazing shows in history, was the first black Coachella headliner and named it Homecoming and made it this beautiful thing for black individuals to celebrate our culture and who we are. And so I say all of this to say, when you move with grit, You inspire others. You inspire others to try and even reach the bar that you've now set to, you know, try and do the things that they've always wanted to do because you have an exceptional zeal, as Galton said. You have to showcase enthusiasm for what it is that you love. If you show up to work every day and you're like drabby and super sad, I mean, psychology says you have to set the tone because people are very, 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 very influenced by others. 
I have I can't even tell you how many times when I used to work with other people and I would come into the office and I'm like super excited, super bubbly. And everyone else just seemed so drained. By the end of my shift, I was drained as well. Even though I personally came in with so much excitement for the day, it's just like the people around me sucked the energy out of me. But sometimes on some days when I stayed true to my feelings and stayed true to who I was, I was able to lighten the mood in the space. And so it works both ways. But You have to know that you have the ability to change the status quo. You have the ability to change the environment and to change things for other people and and inspire them to make a better work environment, to be more enthusiastic about their work, to go towards their dreams, to do this and to do that. And so you have to understand that sometimes you're going to be sowing seeds and it's going to seem like it's not going to be a fruitful, a fruitful crop it's not going to be fruitful but what you have to understand is growth is something that sometimes you never see you never really see it on the surface and I'm about to get deep but when you sow a seed just think about what we learned back in kindergarten okay you sow the seed and there's work that's going on behind the scenes and when I say behind the scenes I mean under the ground there's roots being laid. And let's say, for example, the seed we're, we're planting is a tree, a tree of life, okay? There's going to be years of roots being settled into the ground to make sure that once it sprouts, it has a solid foundation. And I think a lot of us, and it's the same thing with the, with the iceberg analogy. It's like you see this huge thing, this this marvelous marvelous thing of ice and you're like whoa okay but what you don't see is what's under the water what it took for it to even get there to that point and so when you sow that seed and you're putting in the work and you're putting in practice and it seems like you're not getting booked it seems like you're not getting the subscribers it seems like no one is really checking for you or checking for what you've got going on, you have to understand that when you are faithful over few, you will rule over many. When you put in the work, God will bless you. And I feel like a lot of us forget, and we kind of slap God in the face when we say, well, no one's watching. No one cares about what I'm doing. Because he cares about what you're doing, especially when it's in alignment. And so you have to take time and allow for the roots to set in, for the roots to start to build that solid foundation. Because what you don't want to do is speed up the process. What you don't want to do is skip the line and then find yourself in a situation that you're not ready for. You guys have no idea how many times I prayed certain prayers and I felt like they fell onto deaf ears but God is a God of provision and he's a God of discernment and he knows what is best for you and although it may have worked out for one of your peers although it may have worked out for your mentor although it may have worked out for this person and that person that is not for you And so many times I ask God, I'm like, why does she get the shortcut? Why does she get to get there before me? And what he says to me is, Ricky, you need to put in the work. 
Because what we'll find is that once we get into that position, we'll be feeling all kinds of feelings of imposter syndrome. We'll be feeling like we're not called to be there, we're not meant to be there, and so much more. Or sometimes we'll have a seat at the table for all of five minutes and then the rush and the high is over and you're back to square one. So what he's trying to do is make you build that endurance to make you build those skills, those muscles and so much more so that once you're there, you're there. Ain't nobody going to be able to knock you down. No storm, no tornado, no natural disaster, no, um, what are those people called that come and chop down the trees in the, in the, in the forest? None of them can knock you down because you have grassroots. You have foundations so solid in the ground, in your faith in your work, in your practice, in your enthusiasm, and so much more, that you've planted this seed that is now sprouted into something so resilient and so daring and so bold. And all the other trees around you, they looking a little shaky. They looking like just if somebody blew on them, they would just fall over. And that's because they did not have to Put in nearly as much work as you. And I feel like I'm speaking to a lot of young women right now. And I want you to understand that we are. We are the epitome of the seed sowers. And we often will not see the fruits of our label. Our, not our label. Of our labor for, for years. And sometimes it can be so disheartening. You're like God. I am far more qualified than this man that is sitting across from the table from me. And he keeps regurgitating the thoughts that I've literally just stated and putting a little razzle dazzle on it. And they clap for him. But when I say something, it's silence. And I'm saying this because I've been there and I know you've been there, too. And it's frustrating. But I'll tell you this. Those that are gritty. Go places. But those that move with grace stay places. And so now I want to transition into how we can move with grace. Because like I said before, a lot of people may not remember what you wore. They may not remember how you smelled or even what you said. But they'll always remember how you made them feel. Moving with grace is something that God's people do. And they do it really well. I find that a lot of women that I admire, a lot of men that I admire, have a certain level of calm. They have a certain level of peace, and it exudes in their aura, and they're never really the storm that comes into the room. They're the calm that, that kind of settles everything out, and That is what I aspire to bring when I come to the table. I aspire to be slightly the storm to shake things up, but at the same time to be there to level the waters and make sure everyone is good and they've got what they need. Because moving with grace takes a certain level of patience. I'm telling y'all because people will try you on a regular, consistent basis simply because of who you are, maybe what you do, maybe your title and People will project a lot of their own insecurities, feelings, and so much more onto you. And it's a matter for you to filter those things and understand and know that you can't take it personal. 
Moving with grace takes a level of confidence and knowing that you are not lucky, you are qualified. When you sit at these tables, so many people want to call it, oh, they're only here because such and such, or they're only there because such and such. No, babe, I'm qualified. And here, and here's, let me, let me tell you how. And you start to spit the facts. You start to show the case studies. You start to show this and this and that. And then they have to be quiet. But God doesn't like ugly and he also doesn't like pettiness. And I feel like we live in a generation where tick for tack is so normal. It's normalized and it is societally deemed okay to be a very rude and nasty person in order to get to the places that you want to be. It's, it's almost praised for you to be a B-I-T-C-H in order to get to the places that you want to be. But I'm telling you, you have to be careful how you deal with people because you never know who you're dealing with, one. And two, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Karma is real. Karma is real. God is real. And he does not like ugly. What happens in the dark will always come to the light. I have no reason to get back with anybody because I know God is going to get them back 10 times worse. So I let him do my work and I just continue to move with grace because I'll tell you this. In high school, I had multiple instances where there were situations I could have simply put someone on blast, read them for complete filth exposed them done this this and that but I never did I never did and look at me and and to see where I'm at today and to see the very people that I had problems and issues with still come to me with the same amount of respect and regard because I chose not to handle those situations in that manner speaks volumes guys because I could have burned so many bridges back then by being rude and nasty or being a tick for tack kind of gal but I always continue to move with grace because I get nothing from cussing you out I get nothing from doing this and that and you know putting you on blast on social media because God's people don't do that you have to move with grace and when you're moving with grit quite honestly you have no time (laughs) to even be engaging in such petty activities because you're focused and you're focused on laying your grassroots in your foundation and you're only engaging with others that are going to help you grow simply put and you're wondering to yourself like why am I not growing because you're 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 hanging around people that are like sand they're not even dirt they're not even going to help you grow they're not even soil they're sand you're hanging around people that are life suckers, you know, weed killers, just absolute inhibitors to your growth. And you don't want that. You don't want that for yourself at all. Like, I feel like a lot of us know in our heart that what God has planned for us is so much bigger than what a lot of people can see. And it's not for you to uh, help them see it. It's just not. I think what a lot of us have to do is learn discretion and learn to keep the things that are most sacred to us close to our hearts and keep them away from others because people can stop you from achieving your purpose before you even 
try to start because they will project their own fears and so much more. And so as an individual, you have to check who you surround yourself with and how you engage with others because those that move with grace are encouraging. Those that move with grace are resourceful and they are more than happy to offer up their skill sets and their knowledge to help others. Those that move with grace are not in the party or in the in the group of trying to step on the backs of others in order to reach the top because that's not cute i'm here to tell you that is not cute it's never okay and that is not fine and dandy i'm all for as i go my people go with me because there is no reason for us to be acting like crabs in a barrel for a number of opportunities when we can be making our own opportunities We can be putting our own people on to other different things or having them be able to sit at the table with us or make a table with us in order to make things happen. And I think a lot of us forget that, that at one point in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we had the Black Wall Street and we were able to be black lawyers, doctors, dentists, accountants, bankers, and so much more because we forged our own path. And there's nothing wrong with assimilation and working with others and, you know, integration and so much more. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to tell you that when you have that mentality that the only places of deemed success are white spaces that you have to inhabit for you to have, you know, a higher level status or whatever, you have to inhabit these spaces and make these certain amounts of coins. I'm here to tell you that you have a faulty mindset because ownership is something that is really cool. It's cool. I'm not saying that it is the utmost important thing because this is not a political podcast, but I'm just saying that ownership is cool and and it's okay. And it's it's okay to own your own projects and although it may not have the same monetary um reward, it's still great to work with your brothers and sisters on really amazing things that are going to impact the community. And those that move with grace understand and know that they are people of stewardship. They're people of volunteerism. They're people of resource that are willing and able and capable of sharing what they have with others in order to propel their community and themselves. And that is how you get places. And that is how God blesses you. And he And he sees the work that you're doing because you're doing it just because he tells you to or because your heart has strings that are like telling you, okay, I want you to do this and you listen. Because, guys, I'll tell you, for example, there was a situation. I was on the elevator and I had just had Bible study with my friends the week prior and we were talking about, you know, listening to God and listening to when he tells us to do something. And I feel like for so long, like I have this little voice in my head that tells me to do very kind things. But sometimes I'll be like, man, I don't have time for that. Or man, I don't even know where I'm going to get that from. So no, I'm not doing that. Um, But in the past, I want to say few months, I've been really trying to be diligent about that little voice that's in my head that's telling me to, you know, be a good neighbor and so i'm on the elevator girl gets on um no no no, we're waiting for the elevator 
and she's on the phone and she's saying how she needs to buy her dog some food. She she needs to DoorDash so she can buy her dog some food. And I'm just listening and I'm like not trying to eavesdrop, but she like had him on speaker and she's like kind of loud. So I'm like, okay, Ricky, you should send her the money for her to be able to buy her dog's food. And I'm thinking to myself, Ricky, why would you do that? Like, you don't even know this girl. I mean, like you've never even seen her before. Why would you do that? And that was the other voice that was in my head. And the other voice was like, well, I mean, you've been in situations where you really just needed some quick cash. And what is the harm in lending this girl this money? So I get on the elevator. We get on the elevator. I don't want to say it in front of other people. We get on the elevator and she's still talking. And I said, well, how much is your dog's food? She tells me. And I'm like, okay. Um, I'll cash up you and she was like are you serious and I was like yeah like no worries like I'll cash up you it's all fine and dandy Um, I missed my floor because I was trying to help her and then um, we exchanged info and I was able to send her the funds she found me on Instagram and she was like you know thank you so much my car got towed and I just got a new puppy and I did not know how I was going to buy him some food And in that moment, I'm like, wow, God, wow. She was trying to DoorDash, but how are you going to DoorDash if your car is towed? Like, I'm just thinking, and it was raining, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to DoorDash in the rain. Like, just, and that's, that's what people who move with grace do. They do things not because it makes sense, but because it is their duty to help others. Individuals that move with grace are aware. They're in the moment. I feel like a lot of us, for the sake of being gritty, for the sake of being hungry, for the sake of being humble beasts and so much more, we're constantly on the go and thinking about the next thing. And one thing that I've been trying to put into practice is being present in the moment and being present for others and being present for myself. Because when I'm present, I can check in and see Oh, this girl is verbalizing a problem, a serious problem at that. And I'm going to be able to help her. I'm going to be able to do something nice for her um, because I have the resources. Those that move with grace are exceptional listeners, social listeners, and they're able to check in with their people and be helpful as needed. And that's something that is so important. Because what you put out into this world, you are bound to receive back, guys. When you're a good person, just think about in in perspective how that could impact you. Just think, when you help out someone's mom, that could be someone helping out your mom. When you help out some college student, that could be somebody helping out your cousin years down the line when they're in college. You know, I was with my friend. We were leaving... um, a function and this woman's car was like not starting he was like oh she needs gas it's late at night I could never imagine stopping and giving someone gas late at night because I'm a young woman but he's a young man and so he's able to do things like that but that's a matter of moving with grace and understanding and knowing that we as people are called to help people we as people are called to be good neighbors. It's not all about me, 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 me. It's about how can I help you? How can I serve you? That's what stewardship is about. 
And when you move with that type of posture, people can tell and they become drawn to you and you're like a magnet and you're like a source of light, energy, resources and so much more. And that's what it's supposed to be. God's people are supposed to be magnets, not repellents. We're not supposed to be calling out all the things that people are doing bad. We're supposed to meet them where they're at and be willing and ready to help them and give and give good energy. Give good vibes. I know a lot of people are talking about vibes and just vibing and good energy and this and this and that. But that is so important. People know your heart before they even know you. They can tell. I can feel someone's energy. I'm like, ooh, that is stank. And I do not want her around me. And you have to check yourself. Sometimes too, because just as much as we're like we can feel other people's energy, people can feel ours too. And you have to check what you're putting out. And you have to check yourself and say, Okay, I'm allowed to feel these emotions. I'm allowed to feel the way that I feel, but I can't sit here and project that onto other people. And once you check yourself, you're able to move again with that grace and that grit. So that concludes today's episode. I hope this was life-giving and changing for some of you I know a lot of you are probably personally battling with a certain situation you want results right now you want to see the the numbers right now you want to do this you want to be booked for this and doing that but there's promise in the wait there's purpose in the wait Because in that time, you're laying your foundation, you're laying your grassroots. So that's when it's time for you to sprout and for you to grow. Nothing can shake you. Not even wind. You will be standing so firm in your calling and in your purpose that literally nothing can knock you down. And that comes from having to withstand so many different ups and downs. That's laying your foundation and that's really all that it's about. And once you figure that out, you're able to move with grace. You're able to help others along the way. And that in and of itself makes you stand even stronger and firm because people will be willing to come by when they see your branches are falling or you're looking a little crazy, you're looking a little withered. People will be willing to water you and to pour back into you as well because you have lent out a helping hand. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I had a lot of fun talking about moving with grace and grit. This is something that is so important for all of us to put into practice as we, you know, try to reach our purpose and really just become that girl. So it's a matter of baby steps, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but you have to remember these important things. You have to be a woman of stewardship you have to have exceptional zeal and you have to have the capacity for hard labor and the capacity to give the capacity to love and the capacity to show a posture of faith no matter what so make sure to follow us on instagram at that girl radio and submit any requests for topics because i'm more than happy to switch things up during the season in order to appease you guys because you are the most important but i'll talk to you guys next week Oh, 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 oh,